Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of the SEN NBA podcast. I'm Christopher Tyler, and across the desk from me is Luke Sicari. Luke, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Cannot wait to get started. And Chris DeSilva, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. In the words of LeBron James, it's about damn time. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it's still a long way before the actual season starts, but we thought, let's go week by week. We'll do division by division. Yeah. And just get into NBA talk now because really we can't wait another what is it seven or eight weeks yeah. before the season it's starts. It's never again? never too early to talk NBA. It's never never so, ever too early. So There's no thought, off season. There really isn't. There really isn't. And because September, August, and September are very dry when it comes to uh, NBA news. So we thought, what the hell? Let's start the podcast now. Let's get our divisions done and dusted. And let's just talk some NBA because there's not much going out out there. So we're going to be starting off with the Southeast preview. We're going to be doing it in alphabetical order. Atlanta Hawks, Charlotte Hornets, Miami Heat, Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards. We'll probably have around about 10 minutes for each. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for the entire podcast. It's going to be fantastic. We're, we're just pumped here. Looking forward to Cannot it. Cannot so, wait. So let's get straight into it and start off with the Atlanta Hawks. Schroeder with two. Schroeder with one. Schroeder. Yes, and of course that was Dennis Schroeder who now takes Schroeder. Yeah, Schroeder. Just say it with an accent. Yeah, <laughs> who's <laughs> taking the reins in Atlanta now with the Jeff Teague trade out? Schroeder moves into the starting point guard position, and to me, I think this is the right decision for the future for Atlanta. The kid's twenty-two, and the way he played at the second half of last season yeah. as well. I just think there might be some initial road bumps in his development. He's twenty-two. He's not a very good outside shooter nor finisher at the rim. So he's not going to be able... I don't think he'll be able to score a lot of points, but he passes the ball well and he doesn't turn it over and he's a feisty defender. So they're three three pretty good ingredients to be a good point guard. His scoring will be a little bit off this year, but that is 22 years old. And for Atlanta, they need to start planning for the future. Yeah, I think the the move to trade Teague was basically they're banking on Schroeder. And... um, like you mentioned, he's not a great shooter, but I think uh, point guards who got come up against him have to be elite defensively to keep him out of the paint. Um, and while he's not a great finisher, he's probably going to get to the line a lot. He's got length, doesn't he? He's got, he's got length, athleticism. quickness, athleticism. He's, he's feisty as we see him on the defensive And he's still end. very young. He's still relatively raw, yeah. so he'll only yeah. get better. He'll keep yeah. getting better year after year. So we saw him last year, and he was playing well. You could only expect him to improve upon that this year, yeah, you would have thought. It's a move they had to make. I mean, as good as the servant Jeff Teague was for the Hawks, with a talent like Schroeder on the bench playing behind someone, it wasn't going to work. You had to get him in there starting for an 82-game season. He showed some signs in the playoffs. And it's a changing of the guard a little bit in the Lancer as well. Yeah. It is. Changing of the guard. And another changing of the guard, of course, is Al Horford out and Dwight Howard in. A Superman. Move, a move that has 
it, it's it's kind of divided opinions a little bit. You either love it or you hate it. So you have some people who believe that Howard, now he's back in his hometown. He's out of the toxic environments of Houston and LA. He's at Atlanta, which is a good culture, a good coach team. They're thinking he could rekindle some good of his Good culture form. for the moment. But- <laughs> we'll, we'll see what he turns it into. <laughs> that's Maybe true. Maybe he's bringing the toxic from LA over, to, over that's, with him. That's true. So while that, that sentimental value of the signings is there, I just question it on the court. So he's approaching 30, or I think he is 30. He is 30. He's yep. 30, and he's had back issues in the past, and he's not the defender he used to be. He no still hasn't here. hasn't developed an offensive game outside of the, the protected area. He likes posting up, even though he's not very effective at it. And he's defensively, like I said, he's not a rim protector. Horford could guard out to the perimeter. And Horford's a guy that could extend his game offensively to the perimeter as well because the game is moving in a way, and we've seen this with a whole bunch of other teams. You need a big guy that can space the floor a little bit and shoot the occasional three. Dwight Howard can't do that. He can't, but Paul Millsap can. And I think they're going to have to rely defensively for Dwight. His job's going to be guarding the paint, which I think he still can do um, because all he has to do is be vertical up there. So yeah. he's athletic as still uh, a lot of other big men. Um, and Millsap is one of those guys who can guard the perimeter. He's a bit more versatile. Yeah, and I think another thing with Dwight as well, I think the Hawks' offensive system might do him some good. So obviously with the Rockets, it was James Harden isolation basketball. And Dwight did not uh, like no that. Does. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. But in Atlanta, they're, they're called the Spurs of the East for a reason. They're predominantly bought... Um, passing the ball team and they run a lot of pick and rolls so if you can get Dwight Howard as a roll man roll into the basket in pick and roll situations I feel like he's comfortable there because he can get up and finish at the basket they don't need to throw it to him in the low post where he's not very effective no he's he's always been I think the thing with Dwight is he's had this thing where the the Shaq comparison so people have told him that hey you have to be Shaq you have to be Shaq you have to dominate you have to have your back to the basket and dominate and that's just not who he is. He's a super athletic big who's elite at rolling to the basket. So if the Hawks use him to kind of similar way that um, the Clippers use DeAndre Jordan, I think that's where he's most most effective. So last year they finished fourth, was it in the East? They ended yes, up playing yeah. Boston in the yep. first round. They won through that round quite comfortably in the end. How do you think they'll finish this year? Are they going to get better? Are they going to get worse? Because the East is kind of... Gotten a little bit better. You'd say the Celtics are better than um, than last season. Yeah. You'd say that Detroit are better than last season. Pacers, I don't know what's going on there. There's a bunch of teams that you think will be up there. Where do you think the Hawks will finish up? I think Atlanta will be in the pack. So yeah. they might be. I've got them in somewhere between three five six. and twelve, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the East in, in that three, middle, yeah. the middle tier of the East is wide open. Yeah, so I it think really is. I, I think Atlanta are good enough to be a playoff team. So. Millsap, Howard, Schroeder. That, that's good enough to be a playoff team in the in the East. How far they go, mm, not not far. Um, it's hard to predict, not knowing matchups, of course, but oh, I can't see them getting past the first round. Will they take not, out their division at least? Um, no. no. Really? All right. Well, we'll get to your favorite when we get to the team. You just give us a shout-out. But uh, what about you, Chris? What do you think? Will they take out the division? They can, but I think a lot of uh, a lot of with uh, things with Atlanta is you don't know it's very unknown you don't know whether Schroeder is going to be a good starting point guard you don't know whether Dwight can replicate his old form um, so I think it's just one of those where we're going to have to see we're going to have to see how the pieces fit together 
I do like the fact that they seem to have two really good pieces for every single position, and especially in so the deep. yeah, they're they're deep. They've got you know the likes of Jared Jack coming off the bench, Tabu Sefolosha, uh, Tiago Splitter, who's a very good uh, backup big, coming from Spurs system as well. So I like their depth, but uh, I don't know if they're going to be contenders. Anything else on Atlanta before we move on to the Hornets? I'm good with the Hawks. Let's go to the yeah. Hornets. Kemba from half court. Oh, he got it! Whoa! 25 first half points for Kemba Walker. And Chris, you asked me who's my Southeast team, and this is it. The Charlotte. Char- I think the Charlotte Hornets. We saw it last year. So you heard Kemba Walker there hitting the half court shot. Here's the key. I think he had a sensational year last year. He improved offensively in terms of getting to the basket and finish. He's very creative with the basketball in his hand. He improved his outside shot where it was reliable enough, where defenders had to respect him from the outside. And he's a good defender. He's a feisty defender like we talked about Schroeder was. And he's smart as well. He's a smart basketballer because we all know you need a good point guard to be good. And I think the Hornets have one of the better ones. But the one thing that he needs to do is he does just need to go to that next level. So I don't think you can really rely on him to get to that 25 to 30 point range a night. I think he's more of a 20 to 22 point scorer. If he can get into that next level of point guards, I think the Hornets could be a top three team in the East. Maybe top, top three. Th- I'm very high. And I know, I know they've lost some players. So, and this is another big question. So they lost Al Jefferson, Courtney Lee. Jay Lynn. J- and Jeremy Lynn was my next one. Yes. So that was a big, they won a lot of games based on their depth last year, yeah. and they've lost those three. But while these inclusions are a bit of a downgrade, it's not disastrous. So they brought in Roy Hibbert, who will slide into the Al Jefferson role, and then they now have Ramon Sessions and Marco Bellinelli co- ta- covering excuse me, that backcourt in the second unit. So, sorry. Um, yeah. I think you talk, talked about smart basketballs before, and I think uh, uh, sorry, the Hornets are filled with... Uh, their rosters filled with them. You got, they've got a lot of players who are versatile, who can play multiple positions and defend multiple positions, which I think is very important. Um, Michael Kidd Grillchrist is huge for them. Yeah. He missed pretty much all of last he season. He played seven games last year. Yeah, so having him there is going to be huge defending wings of the opposition. You got Batum, who's another great defender, and Marvin Williams, who is kind of become underrated. He's he's become a really good stretch four, like. He was a number two pick, so people kind of expected, you know, an elite level from him. But he's become a really good role player um, and had a great season last year. And you mentioned it before, but Kid Gilchrist, if he can stay on the court, he can be an Andre Iguodala type player for the Charlotte Hornets. So the big knock on him, obviously, has been his shooting. Mm -hmm. So in in the season prior to this, he only shot 18 three-pointers in 195 games. And he didn't shoot well at all. Yeah, it's not good enough. But it? you see, even though it's a small sample size, but in seven games last year, he shot seven three-pointers. He made three of them. So that's 42.9%. So if you can maintain that, not saying he has to be a 40, 45% shooter, because that's probably not realistic. But if he can be around 35 37%, that opens up a whole new element for the Hornets. Because then you have a guy in kid. kid excuse me, Kid Gilchrist, who can stretch the floor a little bit to allow Walker to get into the paint. And then we all know how good he is defensively. When he was on the court last year, the Hornets were one of the better defensive teams in the league. I think um, my question with the Hornets is, you know their D is going to keep them in a lot of games. Um, 
it's whether have they got enough shooting. Because you look at their starters, Walker's above average, we'll say Batum as well. They've got a lot of shooters who are like sort of good, but no one who's really a sniper. And I think another guy they lost from last season, was it? They had um, Troy Daniels. Yes, he's gone to Memphis. Yeah, Troy Daniels, who was in the high, low 40s, I think, yeah. shooting the three. Yeah. And, I mean, you go to the bench as well. they got Frank the Tank who can shoot it a bit. Spencer Bell- Hawes can shoot. Bellinelli can shoot. Although um, Bellinelli did did suffer a decline last season yeah. in shooting. So, uh, I worry a bit about Bellinelli because he can't give you much defensively. Exactly. Either. That's yeah. a massive downgrade to Courtney Lee. That would be my concern, but... I just think Walker and Walker is going to be really good. I, I trust in him. Kid Gilchrist is the key. I'm tell, if he can stay on the court, this can be a top four team. Do you think Kemba Walker can make an All Star game? Um, well, there's a lot of good point guards in the East, so there are. But I think I think he would have been close last year. Yeah. In terms of a, a 15, 14th man in the All Star yeah. team, he'd have to be close. I mean, you look at him last year. He his assist percentage was over twenty five. His turnover percentage was below eleven. Yeah. That's a very, very good formula to be a good, good, efficient point guard that you can rely on. That's the key thing about point guards in this league. You have to rely on him. Yeah. If you put the ball in Walker's hands, you know he's going to make the right decision, whether that be score or create. And I think importantly with Walker, you've got a guy that late, late in the game when the game's tight, you can give him the ball and he'll go to yeah. work and he's going to get you a basket. He enjoys. Think, he likes the clutch. Yeah, he's not one of the guys that's going to shy away from that moment and I think that's going to win them a lot of close games yeah. and there's, they're going to be in a heap of close games because their defense is so good. So their ceiling, like you mentioned before, you reckon their ceiling is about third, third seed in the East? Would you say that? that yeah. You wouldn't I, thought yeah. they'd make top two. I think they could crack 50 wins. They could crack 50-51. It, that that's best case scenario if Walker and Kid Gilchrist, excuse me, have All Star type seasons. Not saying they'll make the All Star game, but have seasons to that caliber. And if the bench holds up, if it just is breaks even like they did last year, Chris, where did you have them coming? Yeah, probably about in the two to five, two to six range. I don't know if they're better than the Raptors. No, no I don't, no, think, they I don't think they I are. I think maybe that's where they'll finish fourth behind Toronto. And Celtics. Yeah, and Boston. Yeah. And then Cleveland. And Cleveland. Yeah. So, but I... I are Cle- Cleveland first, are we sure? Oh, oh I would assume so. I was playing. Could put a lot <laughs> of money <playing>. on <laughs> <laughs> Any more thoughts on the Hornets before we move on? Uh, nah, I think we're good with the Hornets. Just look out for it. it. Let's move on to the Heat. Yes, and we'd be usually playing uh, D-Wade highlights if we're talking about the Miami Heat, Why but no more D-Wade in Miami. Oh, of course. Where he left? <laughs> which, <laughs> that's got to be the biggest story this year. Oh, without a doubt. How he, was, he personified the Miami Heat, What would Heat he, he fans be thinking? Were there, he, this was a guy that was a shooting guard but couldn't shoot from beyond the arc, but he was still, like he said, he personified who the Heat were. Yeah. So as much as he probably wasn't going to be a superstar next year, he's still a guy that you've always relied on, who's always been there for you, who's been there in the clutch, yeah. who is he's going to be an important player regardless of how and old he is. On and off the court as well. like He's he, they he's call, a leader. They call Miami Wade County. Yeah. So what are you going to call it now? Justice Winslow County? <laughs> it doesn't sound the same. Wins always going to be a superstar, but you yes. can't replace someone no. like Wade. Not, not they, overnight. Sure, they, they just weren't expecting it to happen, were they? They were focusing all their time and effort and money into Hassan Whiteside. They 
and, probably didn't think that... And Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant. <laughs> they probably didn't think that Wade would actually leave. And once they kind of snubbed him a little bit, Wade thought, all right, sweet, no worries. I'm, uh, I'm off to Chicago. Yeah, I think I'm the, going home. I think the Durant thing kind of hurt him because, I mean, they were technically in, in the conversation for him, but, but not really. I mean, Durant was... Can we say he was ever really... Not for them. I would have thought it was only Golden State, Celtics, and OKC. And OKC, I would say, are the three main ones. And maybe maybe the Clippers as well. And that's that's the reason why they didn't pay D-Wade. And you kind of... I feel like they went into panic mode after Wade left. Because they've signed a lot of just guys that are just not proven. I mean, you look at their guard depth. You've got Josh Richardson, who would be their starter after six to eight weeks. Yeah. So he's going to miss the start of the season. You, you know who's starting instead? Dion Waiters. Waiters Island. Dion Waiters. Waiters Island, which, baby. Which you just, as much as he's a guy that you, he, when he's on, he's just amazing. He's <laughs> fun to watch. He's the guy who just puts up buckets when he's on. He's not on very often. He though. shouldn't be relied upon. No. And then you have Tyler Johnson, who they signed for big money after Brooklyn offered him an offer sheet. But yeah, he's still unproven. Fifty million. Wayne Ellington's. Yeah. Wayne Ellington's not proven. Bano Udrick's solid, but he's not going to do much for you. I mean, Drogic has to have a big season. I feel like he's disappointed a little bit coming from Phoenix yeah. as Drogic. And I mean, you got Winslow on the wing as well. But the system works against Drogic, I think, because he was in a, 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 the right spot in Phoenix. I think for the way that he plays his basketball, yeah, he moves over to Spolstra's system. It didn't it didn't quite fit in, really, did he? Well, he's going to have the keys this year. Um, but I think his days in Memphis showed that he needs to be in the system that where they run and gun. I think that's where he's best. Um, but people forget he's a he he's on a max max contract. Yeah, so, so he he needs to money. start producing. Yeah, and I think with Miami as well, big big massive question mark is Bosch. Absolutely. Well, Chris, Bo- I mean, the signs are is that he will play. He will. So he's been Hope practicing, he and the word out of the Heat organization is they're confident he'll be on the court. Because he'd make a big difference as to where they end up finishing. Oh, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. He'd make a different difference to about three or four positions, I'd say. Yeah. They could finish out of the eight without him. They could finish fifth or fourth with him, maybe. Especially maybe. in that middle tier to the east where there's like about four, five, six teams who are really close together. Yeah. And a guy like Bosch is a massive difference maker. Speaking of difference makers, thoughts on Hassan Whiteside. Obviously, he's had a, a good couple of the years. Yeah. He got paid and then some. Mm-hmm. Was it the right move? I think you had to keep him around. Yeah. And I think with the free agency market, I don't really see the contract as an issue because we've seen the talent that this guy has. He can be a massive game changer. He, he protects the basket unbelievably Block well. City. Yeah, he's Block City. It's a very good term for it, Chris. And he's pretty solid offensively. He, he can roll. He can finish at the basket. The only thing is his maturity factor. So we know he's still kind of, he's stuck in a teenager's body. And when I say teenager, I mean 15 or 14 year old, not a 20 year old. He's a, he's a teenager stuck in a man's body. Yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you for clearing that up. For clearing it's that definitely up. not a teenager's body. I got you, man. But um, yeah, I just, I just, is he ready to have, he's going to have a lot more on his shoulders now with the big contract and without Wade. Is he ready for that? I don't know, but I mean... Yeah, have to keep him. It'd be a disaster if he left as well. Oh, uh, yeah. It'd be I think, disastrous. I think this is going to be the season where we find out whether... Because everyone talks a lot about, you know, the heat culture and, and, you know, all the Pat Riley mystique and whatnot. We're going to find out this season whether that's actually true or whether it was just Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Good point. And... What's your inkling? Me, personally, I think it was a lot of Dwayne Wade. I thought... I, I've always thought 
2010 free agency, even though Pat Riley got the credit for it, it was all Dwayne Wade. Yeah. He was pulling all the strings. And I think you saw Pat Riley's mystique, if you like, in 2014, where everyone was like, he has this master plan, and then he ends up with Josh McRoberts. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? All right, let, let me pose a question to you both. If If the Heat are in a close game, say they're down by, I don't know, eight points with five minutes remaining, who's the on-court leader? Who kind of gets everyone else up and says, all right, boys, jump on my back. We've got this. Let's do it. Because if Bosch isn't playing, and let's just assume that he's not, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Let's let's say he's not playing. They haven't got Wade. Who is that leader that's going to say, jump on my back and let's go, it's boys? It's got to be Goran Dragic. It has, it has to, to be, be him. But can he do it? I don't I, think he I'm can. Not, that's the problem. I don't think he's, a, you know, he's, the, he's, he's the leader. That, if, if he's the number one guy on your side, your number one go-to leader, I think that's a problem. I think it is, especially you, that he hasn't shown that he's been he hasn't been great in Miami. He hasn't been up to that all. He hasn't been the go-to guy that he no. was in Phoenix. He hasn't proved. I think you need to prove yourself in a certain in a certain city before you can really take the reins and yep. be the. Uh, they don't really use captains much. So like anyone can get named a captain. It doesn't really a leader, matter. Or an on-court player. With, I feel general, like you have to prove yourself. General, yeah, you, yeah, you really have to prove yourself in a system in a city. Before you get labelled a leader, and I don't think he's done that. Yeah, and I have one more question about Miami to you, Chris, because yeah. I know you've talked about this before. If they if the Miami come mid season, come the trade deadline, and they're not they're not going to make the playoffs, or they're just battling, they they're on the edge of the playoff spot. As crazy as it might sound now, do you consider look, going to Bosch and say, "Look, we might be looking to trade you to try and get some younger players or some draft picks." I think more than Bosch, it would be Dragic that I would, I personally would trade because I think Bosch... And Bosch, it depends if he's healthy. If, if he's not healthy, if, then if no one's going to want him if, anyway. If he's exactly. playing. Exactly. If he's yeah. played, I think, but Miami is still just not I there. think even if he does play, people aren't going to trade a lot for him. He's a big man who's on the wrong side of 30. He's got these health issues. Who knows whether they can come back. Whereas Dragic is kind of a bit of a known commodity, even though he's over 30 as well. But I think... With because the Miami draft situation, they've only got to pick. They've got to pick this year, yep. so this is the year for them to really bottom out if they're going to do that. Because they've got they own they owe picks to Phoenix, I think, from the Dragic trade. Yes. Yeah. Um. So and that's that's the question, is it? Is you look at the roster and you think should they bottom out? I mean, that's the question I'm trying to pose here. So obviously Winslow, I, I think, has got talent. Yeah. Whiteside's still young, but they're not. They're not going to. Make you be a contender again? Yeah, I think so I think if they put them out, I think they should this year. But do, I don't, I don't know if Pat. Riley, I mean, you, that's not what Pat Riley. Yeah, Pat, he doesn't operate like that. He's it, it could be a hindrance. His stubbornness to keep Miami a winning team. Yeah. Which I mean, let's be honest. When was the last time Miami? I mean, they, they didn't make the playoffs last season or the season after LeBron left. Yeah, but they were in a basket case. So when was that last time Miami's really been that horrible? Probably after the six title. The year, yeah. the year Shaq got traded. Another yeah. thing you'd have to talk about when thinking about whether to get rid of Bosch or not is that he's contracted for another three years. Mm. He's got $23 million on his salary this year, 25 next year, and then 26 the year after that. Yeah. No one's going to want to pay pay that. No, no one's going to want to trade for that, especially if there's so many question marks about his health and about his age and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They're not going to want him. So how, how long is Bosch going to hold Miami back then? I mean, is in terms of going forward, in terms of having this big contract, former All Star. I don't think he's holding him back. Not that he's holding him back, but I just 
I wonder if it gets to a point mid-season where he has been playing and playing fairly well. Do you look at and but you haven't been really winning that much? Do you look at him and say, is it worth it? I think you've seen. Yeah. I think you've seen that Riles. He's he's not one who's very sentimental. We saw that with Dwayne Wade, and he's if he thinks it's the right move for the franchise going forward, he's gonna have no hesitation. Yeah, just offload him to the Nets or something. That'd make a stupid <laughs> move like that. Or if you give it a Boston and take some of their draft picks because they've got a heap of them. Yeah, we wouldn't pay him that much money. We don't want. <laughs> no, to... you wouldn't. We're... The thing that Ainge likes the most out of anything is flexibility in the salary cap. And he Kevin just wants Love. flexibility with everything. <laughs> flexibility with player contracts, flexibility with yeah. everything. Well, I and just think we get, it's going to be unfair if the draft picks if we bring it's on, getting a bit. If we bring on Bosch, all this flexibility, all this salary cap room that we've allowed ourselves to make these big decisions is completely going out the window. We won't have room to potentially sign a Westbrook or potentially sign a Durant if he chooses to leave, which probably won't, but there is the option there. Or someone like Blake Griffin or someone like that. And with Horford now, you Boston. wouldn't with Horford. But I just, you guys, Boston owned the draft. Like the draft is now for Boston with all these draft picks. Mm-hmm. Just help the league out a little bit. That's what I'm saying. I'll take it. Any more uh, notes on the Heat before we move on to the Orlando Magic? Are they a playoff team? If if Bosch is healthy, yes. If healthy, no. If not, yeah, I think I'm the same. It really depends on Bosch. It's yeah, it's yeah. a big question because I think w- w- Winslow's a guy that I'm pretty confident will again. Be better than he was last year. Yeah. He won't be an out and out superstar. He'll 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 be close to I reckon close to breaking all star. He'll be close. Um, whether he makes it or not, I'm not sure. But really, it does come down to Bosch. I think good season for Winslow would be making an all defense team. Potentially, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think if he makes if he's close, so you don't think there's any chance he could he'll make an all star? Not this season. No, not this season. No, it'd have to be the best best of all cases. Fair enough, then. Want to move on to the Orlando Magic? Yes. To Aaron Gordon. He drops the hammer. How about that? How about that? Yeah. So that was Aaron Gordon, obviously, which it's very interesting, the situation that the Magic find themselves with Gordon in this year. So we saw last year how good he looked on the court at the fourth spot. He was electric, right? But now they've brought in Sergi Barker and Bismack Biombo. And coach, coach Frank Vogel, which is an upgrade New from Scott. Yeah. yeah, very much, very good coach. They snapped him up immediately after the Pacers let him go. He's already stated that he wants to play Gordon as, at the free spot and try to play him like he played with Paul George in Indiana, which is just not playing to his strengths whatsoever because he can't. He's not a very good outside shooter. And you play Aaron Gordon at the four spot, and his athleticism just outworks all the other power forwards, especially defensively. So I just wonder, I look at Orlando's roster and I see I see defense. They're a very defensive-minded team with Payton, Gordon, Ibaka, and Biombo. Yep. So that they're, they're, that's defense right there. Vogel's a defensive coach. But I just wonder, they're banking very heavily on a playoff spot this year. The way I've seen their offseason, especially like signing guys like Jeff Green and DJ, DJ Augustine. They've gone, they've gone all in, haven't they? I feel like they've... Jeff re- Green's signing's weird to me. Uh, he's, he's Mr. Potential, isn't he? Mr. He Potential. Is. He's like the Jared Wade of the NBA. Yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, Jeff Green, yeah. You know when he's on the court, he's not. you don't know. And let's be honest. You don't know what we're going to get out of Jeff Green. But, I mean, I look at this. I think for Orlando to make the playoffs, which I think they they want to this year, they haven't really recovered since Howard left. They have to be a top 10 defense team, which they've got the potential to with mm-hmm. Vogel coming in. 
But offensively, do they score a lot? I mean, you'd have to say Evan Fournier is probably their best scorer. Yeah. Maybe Vucevic. Is that enough to get you into the playoffs? I think they're going to require a lot of points from Hazonia. Yeah. I was just about to bring him up. Yeah. I reckon he could... He could potentially be something this year. He I don't could, know. I don't know how much of a step he's going to uh, take from last year because last year he only averaged just over six points a game. But I reckon there's something there in him. He, he just gets me excited. I think he's I think, just one of these guys that has an X factor about him. He's a legitimate, most improved candidate, and I think yeah. the Magic have a few. I think Aaron Gordon, like you mentioned, another one. He's potentially sky high, and if he if he's able to shoot it at a decent clip from downtown, at thirty five percent last season. That if he can replicate thirty five or higher, because he's and take more shots, he was only yeah. taking just under two and a half. Because super athletic as well, and he's another guy who can play multiple positions. I think he's six foot nine, six yeah, nine, and super athletic. But as I just know. wonder, just bringing in Ibaka and Biombo, it just takes minutes away from him. Where he's most comfortable, yeah. which is at the four spot. You have this budding superstar, and then you bring in a Serge Ibaka, which let's let's not remember they traded Oladipo. For Ibaka, that was the yeah. the piece of that deal. I think you could have got a lot more for Oladipo. I'm I'm the same. But I I actually I've, like I've been a big fan of Oladipo. Yeah, I liked the Ibaka trade before they the Ibaka trade alone made sense. But then signing Biombo to this massive contract didn't when you had just gotten Ibaka. And especially very Biombo really he got paid off the back of that one, one series playoff series. Yeah, yeah so you would have thought he had a terrific playoff series. He did, and he has the potential to do that again. But whether he can do it all season long, I'm not sure. He hasn't really shown that he can display that talent through a long period of time. But and it's a lot of money to be given someone. It because is. He's not going to be starting. They're not going to sign him over Vucevic no. or Ibaka. So it's a lot of money for a bench player who's. He's, you know he's going to give you rim protection and he's going to be an energetic. He's going to be an energy plug. But can he do it consistently and can he do it to a level that's really going to elevate your team? I don't think so. Do you think they're going to trade one of their bigs? Because they've got, at the moment, a logjam, absolute logjam there. I think, do you trade Vucevic? I think it comes into the question, especially if Vogel wants him to play a defensive style. Yeah, you know, I he's think not a great defender. That's, what, that's, that's why I think he's... He'd probably uh, get him... A solid return, I'd say. Yeah, he would get a market. Like out of all their big men, he'd be the one that you'd want to put on the trade table. I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, because he can um, he can score in the post proficiently. He's a very yeah. very good scorer. His defense does hold him back, which which is. But you wonder though, playing next to Ibaka now and Biombo, well, it'll help Vucevic as well, and he can stretch the floor as well. Yeah, yeah. So Vucevic's defensive shortcomings will be will be masked in a way by Biombo and Ibaka, but. You just wonder if you're a team because you look at their position wise. Alfred Payton can defend. Fournier is good enough to break even defensively. Then you have Gordon, Gordon. Ibaka, and Biombo. So that's a very defensive team. Does Vucevic fit in there? And even Jeff Green, even though we talked about him before, you don't know what you're going to get. He can defend. Yeah, he can. He's pretty athletic to be a defensive plus or at least a break even on that end of the floor. I think, like we mentioned with the Hawks. Orlando's got legitimate depth, and I think that's the thing. Their bench is going to be one of the best parts of Orlando, uh, aside from their D. They've got CJ Watson, Jody Meeks, Hesonia, Green, Augustine. and, and Biombo. Yeah, and, and DJ Augustine, who's proven to be a very good backup. 
Yeah. So Vucevic as well is signed through 2019, so the next three seasons. And he's on good money as well, especially now that you consider that the salary cap's gone up as much as it yeah, has. which has to be, yeah. He's only on $11 million this year, then just over $12 million the next two years. That's a bargain for someone like him who can score a ball Absolutely like a 20-point a game scorer in the low post. Which means that do you really want to trade him if you're only paying him that much money? Well, because you're getting that much output for not a lot of money, so I don't that's know. That's true, if but if he's that, holding you back defensively and there's a market potentially. for him. Potentially. I, mean, I don't expect him to trade him. But I just feel like... I could see it happening. But it, yeah. it wouldn't, that contract's certainly looking very good at the oh, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. I wouldn't expect it to happen, but I just want... Like the Miami situation, this is a... Orlando's a team that they want to make the playoffs. So what happens come February at the trade deadline if they're not there? Or if they're, say, maybe four, four or five games out? Do, do you change it up and say, no, 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 we have, we have to make the playoffs this year? What do you How long since they've made it? How long has it been since the Orlando ever made it? Oh, it hasn't uh, been since ooh. Howard left. It'll be 2011. That's a long time. It is. That's yeah. a long time. And they have bottomed out since. Yeah, a few times as yeah. well. So, I want is, is Alfred Payton, can he control a team? Can he be a, your starting point guard who can rely and who can play there really well? definite question marks, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not incredibly sold on him at the moment. Yeah. What about you guys? I think Payton's ceiling is probably... Jason Kidd. His ceiling is Jason Kidd. That, that's a big ceiling. His yeah. ceiling is Jason Kidd. Because of what he brings defensively. Wow. And, and his ability to facilitate. I think if everything goes right for him, yeah. We don't do promos on this show, but if we did promos, that would be our promo. Yeah. <laughs> that is just, a massive call. I just wonder if, if you can he ends do- up being a multi all star, I'm giving you all the credit in the world, <laughs> my friend. I just wonder if he can score enough. I mean, the, his first if your rookie season was nine points, second season was just under eleven. So I mean, that's not a lot of points coming from your starting point guard. It, granted, he wasn't starting all those games, but because he, not a very good outside shooter, and I think in the NBA that's a knock on him. Yeah, that's, that's and then the, this NBA you have it's a necessity to be a you need to spread the floor. You need to have that threat of an outside shot, or else you're too, you're too easy to defend. So I just wonder if he can. Can he be an offensive game changer? Oh, from the evidence we've seen, you'd ha- you can't say yes. You have to say no. Any more points on uh, Orlando before we move on? Are they a playoff team? No. Yeah. No. Let's move on to the Wizards. Beal gets open for three. Dagger! And that'll do it. Bradley Beal's dagger three gives the Wizards the wa- the win. And yes, that was Bradley Bill's game winner against the Spurs, which was an excellent game of basketball last season. Yeah. But you do wonder with this Wizards team, it really comes down to that backcourt of John Wall and Bill. Can they coexist? We've seen it in the offseason. Can they stay on the court? It, it, that's true. That's especially for Bill's case as well. But you saw Wall in the offseason. He had some comments which said, you know, we there are times on the court where we don't really work great together, which... You you don't want to hear that. It, John Wall seems just like such a salty guy. <laughs> he just like <laughs> takes shots at everyone in the league. It's ridiculous. Well, he can play, and oh, he showed that last absolutely. year. You talk you talk about point guards who are floor generals. He's yeah. arguably the best and in the defenders league. and quick. He, and he gets the ball in the open floor. He yeah. is unbelievably fun to watch. He's a, one of the best finishers in the league with the ball in his hands, running at full pelt down the court. Um, he still he's. His outside shot did improve last year, a bit John Wall, but yeah. you still wouldn't want him shooting that consistently. You want him to get to the basket. That's his bread and butter, get into the basket and finishing around the rim. 
And obviously defensively, he's excellent. And he's a facilitator as well. Yeah, I think you mentioned getting to the basket. He can get there and not only finish, but facilitate from under the basket as well, which is drawing in the defense. The problem with the Wizards is, I think they're, on paper at least, it seems like their backcourt back is going to have to do too much. Yeah. Because you look at their starters projected at the moment. You've got Wall, Beal, Otto Porter, Morris, and uh, Martin Gortat, the Polish hammer. So, you don't know. You, where, where... you look at that team and you'd have to say, apart from Wall or Beal, there's no really maybe top 100 to 150 players in the NBA on that team. Mm. I mean, you look at their starters. I mean, Porter is still yet to be proven. Morris... He while he was good when he joined Washington last year, still that question mark over like his Morris. over his personality. Yeah, I think that's I'm, still a bit of a hothead. Yeah, I think there's potential there. There's potential yeah. there, but it's not fulfilled yet. And then Gortat is a very very solid center. He can play, but he's not gonna make you be a playoff team or not. He's not gonna have that impact. And like you mentioned with Bradley Beal, can he stay on the court? We know when he's on the court, he can shoot. Didn't he come out last year and say that he probably will never? be back to 100% again in his career and he'll forever be on a minutes restriction or something like that. Yeah, something. That's scary to to hear that from the horse's mouth that he would probably never be 100% again. And it didn't stop if him. You're, if you're playing your second best player on a minutes restriction for the entire season, that's and scary. And you're young. You're, not, you're, you're young. not 35 years old, right? Yeah. I you're mean, not a Tim Duncan on a minutes restriction. Exactly. No. In his first four seasons as a pro, he's missed 20 games on average. For Washington, with their roster, with not a lot of depth, you can't have your second best player missing that amount of time. You can't. Do you guys think, because um, they appointed Scotty Brooks, former yep. former Thunder, Thunder coach, do you think he's going to make a big difference? It's definitely an upgrade over uh, Whitman, Whitman <laughs> because he had to go. Playoff Whitman. Yeah, so, I mean, Scotty Brooks, I did... At the time when they signed him, I felt like it was a last-ditch push for Durant, yeah. signing his former coach, which by all means you have to do. To, I mean, because Scotty Brooks is not a bad coach. I think he's, I think he can coach a, coach a team. Yeah. So, I mean, he's an upgrade, which is what you want to look when you're taking someone out of a team and putting someone new in. You say, is he an upgrade? I'll say yes. So I think it's a good hire. If you look at the Wiz, what are they better at, defense or offense? I would say defensively just, just because of the difference that War makes. Yeah, Porter I'd say can defensively, defend. but yeah. but again, are they top? But that they're not. Yeah, they're not they're good not defensively. Great. Exactly. Yeah, that, good that, defensively. Middle yeah. of the pack that, team that tells you what kind of team they are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, don't, I, I don't have them making the playoffs no, either. I don't. I think they 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 could crack eight or seventh just based on the back of War and Bill. But again, it's a big question mark, isn't it? I think with Washington, you look at their wings and they're betting a lot on two kids who are unproven in Porter and Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah. So I like th- Oubre. You, I mean, they were great in college and they've got the potential. But again, it's a lot to be... that That's their ring. That's their depth at the free spot. It's a lot of stock to be putting on two unproven kids. I like Andrew Nicholson as well as a backup four. That's a good signing. He's... Uh, he can stretch the floor as well. And even Ian Mahimi. I love that Ian Mahimi yeah. signing. I feel like he's very, very underway, underrated. He can he gives you a, not a lot, but he gives you enough on both ends to make an impact. I mean, he could possibly be starting yeah, I was, I mean, throughout the season. I was just going to say, Gortat's 32. Right. I think you could see Mahimi starting, especially with the way the league's going. Mahimi's a perfect small ball five. Why hasn't yeah. anyone mentioned Trey Burke yet? 
because he, I mean, he got taken. Difference maker, mate. Oh, I don't think so. You know I mean, how they, Real Neto was playing over him in Utah last year. You know how year. they say if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. So you're going to make him quiet? Yeah. You, I, I mean, he's yes. got this. Mm. Again, I mean, you look at it, like I mentioned before, he's definitely a downgrade off from Romain Sessions. Romain Sessions was backing up John Wall last year. Sessions is a reliable guy. Trey Burke, we just we haven't seen much of him, have we? Not enough. Not, not enough. enough at all. So yes or no to the playoffs? No. No, surely not. No. You're not thinking about it, Luke, eh? I'm thinking, I'd have to go oh, no. no. But I need to look at the teams. I do have high hopes for John Moore, but at the moment, no. Okay, so a recap. Let's let's go through all these teams and just quick yes or no for the for the finals and, and uh actually just g- give the me your, give me your one, two, three, four, five in order on how they finish in the division. Okay, so I'll go Hornets. Hawks, uh, the, they're the playoffs teams, the Hornets and the Hawks. Yeah, I've got those two mm-hmm. making the playoffs as well, and but then, the other way around, I've got uh, okay. Hawks above Hornets. And then I'll have to say non-playoffs, we'd have to go, I'll put I'll, I'll put the Heat over to Magic, so Heat, so Magic, Wizards. Yes. Oh, maybe Wizards, for, I don't know. I don't know it's a tough to decision get, to yeah. get, a, get a read on. I've got... Are you going? I would have... Hornets and Hawks, like you. Yep, I think that I think they're playoff teams in this division. Yep. We all settled on that. It's Atlanta and Charlotte. I picked Orlando for playoffs, so they're third. You okay, for he did. He did say yes. They got J Kid on the roster. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, it's a big core. It's a big uh, core. I love it though. I'm I'm living and dying by the sword here. Living and dying by Alfred Payton. <laughs> That's it. Um, so Magic in third, yep. and I'm going. Wizards fourth, Miami fifth. Miami fifth. Yeah, I'm just doing alphabetical order. As much as a comment as it sounds, <laughs> I really think it'd be Hawks, Hornets, Heat, Magic, Wizards. Oh, I would have to go Magic last, and then so I'll change mine up. I'll go Hornets, Hawks, Heat, Wizards, Magic. Ooh, you guys really don't like the Magic, do you? I saw the. I, I, I just. I'm second last. I I'm just. Not, just, I just think, I'm not ready think, to completely write off the Heat. I just mean, yet I would have the Magic pegged at maybe tenth or eleventh in the East. So look at the division. I mean, it's strong in terms of these teams. They're all going to be fighting. Yeah. I think we can agree that there's no team in this division where you look at and say they're 100 percent not making the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're all fighting. They're all bubble so, teams. They are. They're yeah. all on the fringe. So it's very very hard to get a read on. But I think yeah, for me, while I'm why I'm so high on the Magic is I think their best signing for the summer was actually off the court in Coach Vogel. I think he's. Yeah one of the best coaches in the league. And what he's done with Indiana the last two years with all the Paul George stuff, having them, not this season, the season prior to that, 14-15, even being competitive. I yeah. Think yeah. I like if, he's a massive If asset. they can be a top 10 defensive team and middle of the pack offense, I mean, I can see him making the playoffs. Yeah, Time to wrap it up now, boys. We're back next week with another edition of our division preview. So we're doing next week. Have we decided? We're, I what, think we're doing the Central. Central division. Central division next week. Make sure you yeah. tune in. Make sure you download the podcast as well. It's going to be on Audio Boom. Check us out on SEN.com.au. Hit us up on Twitter at SEN America. What are you guys' personal Twitters as well, Luke? Uh, at Luke Sakari. Chris? At Seed Silver 23. And I'm at Christos Tyler as well. We'll catch us next week.